0: From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod, a show about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Brittany Luce.
1: And I'm Eric Eddings. So, Brittany. Yes. I don't mean to drudge this up, but in February, something terrible happened. What happened in February? The biopic, Green Book, won the Oscar for Best (sighs) Picture causing black people everywhere to groan almost collectively in unison. The movie told the story of black classical pianist Don Shirley and his driver, Frank Vallelonga, as they spent a year driving through the South experiencing racism along the way.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. If you could give me just a, a small taste of why black people might course at the idea of a movie like Green Book.
0: Well, okay. So I haven't. I haven't seen the movie, but I do remember one specific moment from the trailer that I was like, this is, I'm done here. <laughs> Where, um, so like the driver is supposed to be this like white, I don't know if he's like from New York, but yeah. he seems like a good fella type guy. Yep. And he's like, oh, you know, the, what, forget about it, that type of guy. <laughs> and he's like trying to get Don Shirley, played by, you know, the god Herschel Ali. <laughs> A yeah. misstep in this case. Um, where, so, like, he's trying to get Don Shirley to eat fried chicken.
1: Yeah. I've never had fried chicken in my life.
0: You people love the fried
1: chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony.
0: The story rings false to me if you're telling me that this man who otherwise eats meat doesn't eat fried chicken. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't make sense.
0: No, it doesn't make sense. The conversation didn't even happen. And I didn't understand how them driving through the South was supposed to solve
1: racism. Exactly. It feels like the movie itself was just trying to make white people feel better about being, like, kind of racist. So the fact that Green Book was, one, made, and two, one, what is considered to be the highest honor that can be bestowed on a film is a grave and serious travesty. Mm. But there's something else I have to point out. Okay. To me, it's not the greatest film travesty of the year. Oh, no. There's a true travesty that people should be outraged about, Brittany. Um, Something that should trouble people who love film. People who love black folks. People who just stand for justice and all things good. Do you, Brittany, my friend, do you know what that travesty is? No. The greatest film travesty of 2019 isn't that Green Book won an Oscar. It's no. Not. It's not. It's not that. Okay. It's that Adela Reese biopic has not been made. All this time. It's been two years since she passed. Where is it at? Oh, my God. I, guess. I thought you were going to tell me one came out. And I was going to be like,
0: <laughs> I miss it. Because you know she's from Detroit. I,
1: I do know that she is from Detroit. Do you know she Detroit. went to the same high school
0: as my parents, Iman's dad, Lenora's mom, my Uncle George, Lily Tomlin, <laughs> Diana Ross, and Jack White.
1: Did you know that? I did not know did that. Also, know that? the natural progression from members of your friends and family... To uh, to you know icons of stage and screen and, and music is is amazing but but no I did not know those
0: Detroit <laughs> has talent <laughs> Detroit has talent
1: it does okay it does. okay so I you know I I take it you're familiar at least a little bit with Delores
0: a little bit a little bit yes I've never seen touched by an angel though before did you know that
1: really no that it that stands in stark contrast to most of the people who've heard of Delores yeah I mean most people like remember. Della Reese as the sassy but comforting angel Tess on that show, Touched by an with Angel. Roma Downey with Roma Downey. Uh, the yes. reason
0: why I know all the information was because in the back, remember the the back pages of um. Jet Magazine, every week they they mentioned every single television show that was coming on that week. <laughs> yes, Whether it was a rerun or a special or whatever that featured a black actor. So she was always in the back.
1: She was in the back for probably about like 10 years. Yes. Because she played the character of Tess. On CBS. For nine seasons. And that show was massive. Like yeah. everybody watched it. Millions of people, including my mom. Probably some probably members. Probably my mom. Yeah. A, yeah. Everybody's family basically (laughs) watched the show and they tuned in to hear Tess kind of swoop into the lives of people in crisis and just, you know, tell them how much God loves them. Here's actually a little taste of Delorese as Tess talking to a sick man who needs some affirmation. I am an angel. (sighs) I was sent by God to bring you a message. No. You have not disappointed God. Because you can't surprise God. He never expected you to be anyone but who you are. Wow. Riveting.
0: That's a really beautiful sentiment. It's, it's touching. It's very comforting.
1: It, I feel touched, maybe, by an angel. Uh, so I... <sighs> <laughs> you're stuck with me. You're trying me today. Am I? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so I play you this clip because when most folks think of what a biopic would cover... They can only picture this chapter of her life, which is a shame. Her life was so inspiring and groundbreaking that it is a travesty, an injustice, that no one has made it into the Oscar-winning film it is meant to be. Mm. And that is why, okay, I want to present to you today... One, two, three. The three reasons why the story of Della Reese's life is the greatest biopic you've never seen.
0: This is actually exciting to me because I know a lot about her early life. Mm-hmm. And I know, obviously, I know some about her later life. And for a while she had a podcast. Did she really? <laughs> yes, she did.
1: Welcome to Hello,
0: Reverend Della Speaking with the Reverend Dr. Della Reese from. Yes, yeah, she had a podcast. Understand- it, you got to listen to the episode where it's her and Maya Angelou. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they're just literally, like, on the phone. Like, they're not talking about anything. It's so good. All
1: these years we've been together, I've serious. always known that I could depend on you. And serious. I've always known that I wanted you to depend on me more Absolutely. than you depended on anybody else ever. Absolutely. And it's never changed. I did not know Look that. at
0: that. <laughs> you came here to give me some news. How about that? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't really know... I can't tell you anything about her like beyond like past going to Wayne State University yeah. until she was like older. I don't know anything about her actual life in between.
1: Okay, well, ready? I'm ready. All right. So, the first reason why the story of Della Reese's life is the greatest biopic you've never seen. <laughs> the musical numbers in this film would be incredible. Tell me more. <laughs> I think I know where we're going with this one. Tell me more. So, the thing that most people don't know about Delarise is that the woman was a singer. Yes. Like she just had the pipes. Yes. So, here's a clip of Delarise singing Someone to Watch Over Me. There's a somebody I'm longing to see. I hope that he. Turns out to be someone
0: who'll watch over me.
1: So let me tell you how she got her start. It involves a name you might know, you know, maybe you've heard it one time. Have you heard of Mahalia Jackson? <laughs> Once or twice? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mahalia Jackson. Yes. One of the great singers of all time. Yes. One of the great gospel artists of all time. Ever. Actually discovered Delores when she was 13. Wow. Imagine being discovered by Mahalia Jackson. Like what other what other boost can you get confidence?
0: I mean, you couldn't tell me shit. You really exactly.
1: couldn't. Wow. Now, the interesting kind of side note about this is that Della Reese, uh, she, when she talked about this, she talks about this time as her actually hating Mahalia Jackson. Uh, what? She does it in, it's like kind of in jest because she took her out on tour and like, to be honest, she just wanted to go out and be popping like a, you know, like. Wait, a, a Della cool. wanted to go out and be popping. Della, poppin'. wa- Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. She wanted to go out and like meet boys and like yeah, have fun. Yeah, I mean, fun. you know, we on tour. Yeah, she's thirteen, but Mahalia Jackson wasn't playing that. But that's nice, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you look that. back, you still toured the country with Mahalia Jackson. Yeah,
0: but also, I mean, is it is that like touring the country with your elderly auntie? Eh,
1: yeah, you know, uh, sometimes fun? a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, eventually she came out from under Mahalia's wing, mm-hmm. and she started to transition into uh, singing jazz and then R and B. What you might also not know is that from 1957 to 1970, she recorded 21 albums and had... Wait. (laughs) 21. She was recording an album every two weeks. Basically. (laughs) Like, the woman was working. Prolific. Albums. Albums. She had 10 singles hit the top 100 charts.
0: Well, I mean, shoot. It's like <laughs> 10,000 hours. You do the like math. Constant, <laughs> constant. Impro- like, what? Well, I mean, it's like you do that much, something's got to hit.
1: Yeah. So wow. the hits included the song that came out in 1959, Don't You Know, which hit number two on the pop charts, wow. and number one on the R&B charts. It was an adaptation of a song from the opera La Boheme by Puccini. Here's a clip.
0: I was hoping you'd play a clip. Go!
1: In love with you for the rest of my whole life. That is nice. That's so, a beautiful song. Yes. I mean, she she clearly like is one of those people who like, like in that song, you can tell, like, oh, she can sing this is soft, but you can also hear that that the girl can let it rip. She
0: has a really nice alto voice.
1: Yeah. yeah. Della Reese was really about this music shit. She was a really, really talented singer. Wow. So talented that in the 70s, she actually became one of the first gospel performers to book shows in Las Vegas.
0: That's really amazing because what we just heard was like an R&B love song Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was able to go back to gospel. gospel. That's new. Kirk Franklin broke the mold. But that's interesting that she was able to go back to Vegas and book gospel shows. Yes. In Vegas, though. Gospel shows. Right?
1: They probably needed it. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So let's take a step back. For a minute, just picture Della Reese starting out in small gospel performances, being that young girl with a grown woman voice, touring the country, singing gospel as a spicy teen, and going toe-to-toe with Mahalia Jackson. Mm. And then you have the scenes where she's all done up in the beautiful gowns of the 60s. Traveling all around the world singing R&B, and then in Las Vegas with her name in bright lights, showing everyone what time it is with a voice that just brings you to tears. Does that sound like something you would want to see on a big screen, Brittany? You know what, as a person who is paid to see Dream <laughs> yes,
0: and Sparkle even,
1: because <laughs> we love Whitney, You know, I would obviously go see this. Are you kidding me? Yes. So that is the first reason why... The story of Della life is the greatest biopic you've never seen. The musical numbers in the film would just be incredible. They'd be spectacular. I can't argue with that. But that's just the first act. After the break, we see a side of Della that's about as far from an angel as you can get. If you only know Della Reese from Touch by Nature, this gonna movie hurt. <laughs> is going to mess up your whole shit. Welcome back. So as we know, music wasn't the only thing in Della Reese's story, which leads me to reason number two, that Della Reese's life is the greatest biopic you've never seen. The movie would feature one of the most epic and hilarious fight scenes of all time. Hold
0: up, who's she fight with?
1: Guys, <laughs> settle in. We're gonna get there. She was very sanctified on her podcast.
0: She didn't mention any of this on the podcast.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is where I have to admit that this reason is cheating just a little bit, Huh. you know, huh. because they didn't actually fight in real life, okay? Uh, okay. Just saying.
0: <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound very pastorally of her. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but in the biopic, think of it as kind of like a movie in a movie.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Okay, so De LaRice popped up in tons of movies and TV shows of, over the years, but there's one role. There's one role and probably one scene of hers, that really, really deserves to be celebrated. <laughs> and that's when she showed up most of the greatest black comedians of all time, yes. and beat the holy hell out of Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so in 1989, Delarese appeared in a little movie called "Harlem Knights." Yes. In 1938, the Knights belonged to Harlem. Have you seen Harlem Nights? I haven't seen it in a
0: very long time. I've only seen it in bits and pieces because I wasn't allowed to watch it when it came out. <laughs> That's probably— <laughs> As you can imagine. Yeah,
1: that is probably a good reason. The movie is—it is an R-rated movie. It is not—the <laughs> language is not suitable for children at all. But when it came out, it was heralded for its collection of some of the greatest black comedians of all time. You had Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Richard Pryor, yeah. Red Fox, Robin Harris. Robin Harris. Exactly. Gone too soon. I know. Go ahead. You also have folks like Arsenio Hall, Charlie Murphy, even Jasmine Guy. The movie's cast was truly a powerhouse. It's also just really, really funny. It's a funny movie. But you know who shows all of those people up that I mentioned? Do you know? Della Reese. Della Reese. I got one. <laughs> I got one. You're on it. I'm on it. <laughs> on a roll. So the movie itself is like a 30s era gangster film where Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, they're running like this kind of like a illegal casino and nightclub. And Delarise plays Vera. She is like the club's madam. So now, if you only know Delarise from Touch by Nature, an this <laughs> gonna movie <laughs> is going to mess up your whole shit. Uh, because Delarise's character, she just, she honestly, she wields foul language. To be honest, all the characters do. But Delarise's character, especially, <laughs> wields foul language like it is an art form. Like she's just, she's masterful at it. But the thing that should really be celebrated is this one scene. This one scene where Della just steals the whole fucking movie. In it, Eddie Murphy casually accuses Del Reese's character of stealing, of skimming money from the club. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up knowing that you don't accuse a black person of... of stealing. stealing lying, lying or stealing. Yeah, no, you don't do that. <laughs> Those are two things that would get you fucked up. That's true. Uh, and Delarese's character, Vera, was no different here's a clip are you saying i'm stealing the man didn't say you're stealing girl now come on over and sit down and shut the fuck up you shut the fuck up benny i would tell you to kiss my ass too but you probably can't find it you blind motherfucker (laughs) fuck you bitch (laughs) she's literally walking around the room cussing people out me and you got to step out back hey it was just a misunderstanding Uh uh-uh no it ain't it ain't no misunderstanding (laughs) Quick, just accuse me of stealing. Bring your ass, nigga. Bring
0: it on. Come on. I'm already scared.
1: Right? Ooh. <laughs> That's not, those aren't the words you want to hear.
0: She just said, <laughs> not 10 minutes ago, that God never expected you to be any different than who you are. <laughs> you just didn't expect him to love you. And now this. Yeah. Now exactly.
1: this. Exactly. So as you heard, Della gets Eddie to go out in this alley so they can fight one-on-one. The alley is cramped and it's peppered with trash cans. And then you've got Della and Eddie. They're in their boxing stances with the all-time great comedians like Richard Pryor and Red Fox just surrounding them in this circle dressed in these pristine tuxedos. Now, naturally, you're rooting for Della in this epic three-minute, three-minute battle. It's a long fight season. Come on. Come on.
0: She's wearing a Golda May outfit with, like, foxtails hanging off of it.
1: Yes. Like, she went to prom. Now, Eddie Murphy think he did it. He think he's somebody. No, I, I'm
0: scared. Like, he should know better than this. Oh, come on, Beard. Don't you want to talk about that? I ain't
1: got nothing to say. You done insulted me. And I got to kick your ass right now. And afterwards, I don't want no hard feelings either. <laughs> Straight to the mouth A cold What the fuck is wrong with you? Ain't nothing wrong with me What the fuck is wrong with you? You done accuse me of stealing Ooh. The only thing I'm stealing out here today Is your face <laughs>
0: <laughs> He punched her in the stomach You out of your fucking mind?
1: Oh no Oh yeah This one you know you fucked up That's what no. I'm talking about Now Eddie Murphy looks shook Come on, <laughs> He's shook because Let's She's get getting on. up
0: from that punch Like she liked
1: it <clears throat> Literally she just uppercut him into a trash can. You're gonna have to learn to respect Mm me. Damn. And the next time this is just combos. This is all you accused me of stealing. I'm gonna kick your ass again. You crazy bitch!
0: He threw a trash can on her, and she's about to get back up. Oh,
1: you want to hit people with garbage cans. Eddie Murphy looks for real afraid. No, he's happy. He's you.
0: happy.
1: You put that razor away. She pulled a blaze. I ain't playing no more. You put that fucking razor away, I'm going to blow your goddamn pinky toe off. Oh, now you're going to shoot me in my pinky toe. You're going to be the 9 toe having this limping this bitch in Harlem. You don't stop fucking with me. Now put the razor away. But <laughs> well, go ahead. Shoot, here it is. There it is. Shoot. Quick, <laughs> go ahead. Take your best shot. Ultimately, Della lost this fight because Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. did shoot her toe off. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. But to be honest, like when I think back to this scene, I never think about it as her having lost. I often like forget she actually got shot <laughs> because in that moment, that is not the point. She demanded her respect amongst all these men by beating the hell out of Eddie Murphy for like two minutes and 45 seconds. (laughs) It is amazing. It is epic. We stand.
0: I mean, also, like, when do you get a role like that at that point in your life? You know? You know? Like, I mean, really.
1: Literally, people didn't necessarily think of her as this magnificent comedic talent. Yeah. But seriously, in Harlem Nights, she is in a movie with people who... With men who are considered, you know, like, the great comedians yeah. of our time.
0: And she was able to show up like that.
1: Do mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: What else could she do? Right. Like, I could do—what's it called? Sleeping with an angel? Falling with an angel? Touched by an angel? Lord, <laughs> hammers. This is how you know I never <laughs> But what I'm saying is, okay, she was able to touch by an angel in her sleep. Yes. Okay? Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, these are people who did stand up forever. Mm. Robin Harris. Yeah. Stand up forever. And somehow, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying the talent was there. Yeah. The talent, the talent jumped out. She has the range. Literally she in has all range. areas. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I just, it's like, I love learning all this about her. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just like, it also makes me very stressed because I'm just like, oh my God. So this black woman came in as like a sexagenarian probably Mm -hmm. and had just, and delivered, right? I'm like, what if she had been given anything like equaling the same attention opportunities as the men she was in the scene with?
1: Oh! Throughout her whole career. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Imagine. Stressful. Stressful. It is. It is. But I'm happy to say that the last reason will hopefully cheer you up. After the break, Della does something that no Black woman before her has ever done.
0: I don't know, like, maybe I would have different dreams for myself if I had even known that Della Reese was, like, the first person to have those sorts of opportunities.
1: So we're going to move into the last reason. Are you pumped? Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm invigorated right now. All right. So, reason number three that Della Reese's life is the greatest biopic you've never seen. The film has one of those special moments that could inspire a generation.
0: You know, I I mean, I believe you. <laughs> but I, no, I mean, the thing is, I, I just don't know that much about her life. So I'm like, what is the thing... You know what I'm saying? What's the thing? What is it?
1: Well, get ready. about to find out. Okay. Okay. In 1969, Della Reese, she kind of decided to, you know, transition away from music as kind of like her primary thing Uh to TV. She had options. So she was already a star at this point and had like been regularly appearing on kind of like the late show circuit. Mm -hmm. She was often on shows like Ed Sullivan and Tonight Show. And she was such a good guest that in 1969, she got an offer. An offer to do something that no other black woman in history had done. You ready? This is the breaking barriers part. She got an offer to host her very own daytime TV talk show. That's right. 17 years before Oprah would launch her own history-making TV show, Della Reese hosted Della, a daytime talk show that ran for nearly 200 episodes.
0: I did not know about
1: this. (laughs) Not many people know. Wait, so okay, so she had a talk show. She had a talk show. Imagine.
0: So she's like the first, basically, first black woman to have like a. Was it a national talk show? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now, it didn't play in every single market because, you know, racism. But it was nationally available. Syndicated. What? Now, tragically, there is very. Very little footage of this show. Mm. For a couple reasons. One, at the time, people didn't really take note of the historical significance of the show. Mm. And two, the way that videotapes at the time would be reused. Like, often, the tapes were expensive, so they would just tape over stuff over and over and over again.
0: Oh, my god!
1: So, they, a lot of times, a lot of the tape has been lost or recorded over. That
0: makes me so sad. That makes me really sad.
1: There are literally only two clips of the show in existence at the moment. They're publicly available. What? Yes.
0: Am I going to see one? Yeah, you are. Okay. I was worried you were going to be like, "No, I was be like, <laughs> I'm leaving this shit, I'm walking out of here."
1: So, okay. Here is Della Reese on Della. Ooh. It's very short, but she is introducing the old school funk band war. You remember War?
0: Uh, I'm a I have The World Is a Ghetto on vinyl. I'm a big fan of War. <laughs> Yes, there's an
1: Englishman who became well known to the young people in America as the leader of a group called the Animals. He now has a new sound and a whole different bag of music.
0: Would you please welcome Mr. Eric Burden and his new group called War
1: So I don't know about you, but it, it like really touched me wanting to see Delaries like she's got this beautiful like gown, like dress yeah. on with this like I don't know what you call it, that a shawl?
0: It's like a shawl sash situation of some sort. Yeah, like over her shoulders. She's got to be, you know, it's like a prayer cloth for the
1: chest. Yes, but like she she looks beautiful. Like she's she's done up so well. She's like standing out in front. The spotlight is on her. She has her orchestra in the background. It's like very seventies set.
0: It's
1: just it was it was amazing to see see her in this period and understand like the significance of what she was doing.
0: Well, also the other thing that's interesting too. So like I. Would guess that she has to be what in her like uh, late thirties, yeah. early forties mm-hmm. in this clip. I think about like just how significant that is to not just have like a black woman, but a black woman who it seems had a lot of popularity making black music for black people, mm-hmm. and to be in her like forties, thirty, late thirties, early forties, having this sort of career. Yeah. Major career shift and like being able to break this barrier—that's like that's really significant. It's massive. you know they don't like to give Hollywood don't like to give opportunities to people above the age of twenty six. Yeah, they do, still you know yeah. like today. Yeah, so this is like this is really significant. Yeah,
1: so the show was the show was popular, but sadly it was canceled after one season. But in spite of that, Della would go on to make history again. By becoming the first woman, period, to guest host The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Seriously? Yeah. So she would, as I mentioned, she would do, like, the late night circuit all the time. And she was, like, a popular guest there. Uh, And she would do so well that Johnny Carson, like, went and tapped her on one of those nights that, you know, he decided to take vacation. And she guest hosted. And she guest hosted. She was the first woman, period. Wait, she was the first woman, period. Woman, period. Not just black woman. She's the first woman, See, again, this is
0: interesting. It makes me so sad, too, because, like, I didn't know about that. Do you know what I mean? And, like— I don't know, like, maybe I would have different dreams for myself if I had even known that a show like that existed or that Del Reese was, like, the first person to have those sorts yeah. of opportunities. Or even to be able to see it, to just yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, insp- it's inspiring, but it is heartbreaking. But also inspiring. I mean, okay, so now um, they just put um, the young lady, Lily Singh. Mm-hmm. She's going to be on, like, just replacing Carlin Day- Carson Daly on the, you know, NBC late, late. Night show. Yeah. I'm happy for her. It's great. It's also long overdue to have not just a woman of color, not just a young woman of color, but any woman, period, like be on a big network late night, like have a big network. Late night show And um, I don't know It's like like Writing was something I've always been interested in Hosting is something I've obviously become Interested in I remember like When I was you know, a teen And it was like The main person That I was looking up to Who was Seemed like they were Kind of headed for that track Was like Tina Fey But still There's still like A level of remove, I would say yeah. But like You know To just think about The fact that there was Like a black woman Back in the day oh. Who was so engaging Just as a guest mm-hmm. That people were like We gotta give this one Her own show Yeah Um you know, before Oprah, I always had this idea of what was possible and it was very limited. Yeah. You know, maybe I would have thought of myself as somebody who could, you know, host a late-night television show. It's, it's difficult to imagine for yourself something that you can't mm-hmm. see. Yeah. And for so long, I thought I wasn't seeing this because it, it hadn't happened, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But it did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and nobody was really talking about it with the with the level of seriousness and praise that they should have been. Exactly. For decades. Literally, <laughs> like for decades,
1: a generation has been. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and like you know, I mean, like we laugh, but and this sounds corny, but seeing images like that, and really more so, just like knowing these stories, they make they make a big difference in you know, in you know the future that you see for yourself.
1: That's real, you know, and that's all the more reason why she deserves a biopic. People deserve to see this. They deserve. To see that inspiration. To know the barriers that she has broken. One, two, Two. Three. Three reasons. So in summation. In summation. The three reasons why Della Reese's life is the greatest biopic you've never seen. <laughs> One. It will contain some of the best musical numbers of all time. Two. The movie would feature one of the most epic and hilarious fight scenes of all time. And three, it would contain one of those special moments that could inspire a generation. Who knows? Maybe it could inspire someone like, say, Oprah. Hmm. And that's just, that's just her career stuff. There's, there are other highlights. She was married three times. I want to know what was going on with to that. who?
0: Anybody famous?
1: Nah, nobody really famous. Those are the guys that get. Those are the guys that take your money. Exactly. Mm. You know? She was put in the hospital after accidentally walking through a plate glass window. Literally had scars all over her body.
0: Wow, poor Della. Yeah.
1: She also wrote. Like a bunch of weird kind of prosperity gospel books that were kind of scammy. But, you know, do you? You know what, though?
0: Probably because she married those men. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them (laughs) took her money and she needed to get some money back.
1: She had to re-up. Look. Get it how you live. Hey, you ordained minister? Rock with it. I see you. The story just has it all. I want the movie right now.
0: I would definitely pay to go see this. Absolutely. I would go to the RPX screenings. You know, the ones that are $20? <laughs> I'll pay for the $20. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the movies, and you're like,
1: yeah, oh, you only much. got RPX? I don't want to see it going. Yeah,
0: no, I would pay. If they, if, that, if they had only RPX screenings, I would go see this movie. Fair. Still. Same. Still.
1: So before we wrap this week, we have to give a special shout-out to someone who's been with the Nye, in one way or another, since his infancy, our now former editor, Emmanuel Barry.
0: Emmanuel, we will miss your kindness, your leadership, your taste in Korean dramas, and your love for the Viva Latino playlist. We wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, and we cannot wait to hear what you come up with next.
1: The Nod is produced by me, Eric Eddings, with Brittany Luce and Kate Parkinson-Morgan. Our senior producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. This episode was edited by Emmanuel Barry and Sarah Saracen. Additional editorial support from Jorge Just. Fact-checking by Max Gibson. The show is mixed by Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid B. For additional music credits, check the show notes.